0: Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly.
1: How goes it? Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. We hope this finds you well. However, you may be uh, gathering us in today, whether it be on your mobile device, on your desktop, or uh, some form or fashion via the digital media world these days. Good to be with you here on this Tuesday as we get going. Sean Kelly. In the, uh, in the chair today, producer Dan's across the desk and uh, all the whole gang's here, D-Dub and the Black and Blue Orchestra, the Bench Warmers, and, and uh, Uncle Lou as well, who uh, I think we're going to start bringing in here shortly as far as getting us uh, through our television and uh, radio listening viewing as we start the overlap, gosh, next week uh, with regard to the Saints and the Pelicans. Uh, hard to believe that the first preseason game for the Pels now is one week from Saturday. And media day is on Monday. We're going to start to ramp up our Pelicans coverage uh, tomorrow, as a matter of fact, here on the Black and Blue Report. So I know a lot of Pelicans fans have been asking about that. As we're getting closer, will we will be hear more and more from the basketball team? And the, the answer is yes, absolutely. As a matter of fact, I think we'll have one of the players in studio with us for tomorrow's show. And then Joel Myers is scheduled to be with us, the uh, television voice of the Pelicans, Later on this week, and boy, oh boy, after media day, we'll have lots and lots of stuff for you. Uh, so Tuesday here uh, at Saints camp, kind of a quiet day. Um, it, the, the week has shifted a bit because the Saints don't play until Monday night, as we all know. The big uh, battle between the two undefeated teams on Monday night football. So with that, today is a quiet day, and tomorrow will be a quiet day, too. Uh, for the players today, it's a lot of individual work in the weight room and the uh, video room. Um, we'll pick up more of our Saints coverage tomorrow. On today's show, we uh, zero in on college football a little bit. Some really good guests for you. You'll all remember Gino Toretta. Uh, He's a college football Hall of Famer, two-time national champion, Heisman Trophy winner. He saw the Tigers play in person this past weekend. The Saints, too, as a matter of fact. We're going to pick his brain a little bit. And uh, also, we'll head up to Baton Rouge and uh, check in with Steve Cragthorpe, who is still heavily involved with the LSU program, and ask him about the Tigers. And we'll um, effort for Tulane today as well. It looks like uh, we're going to talk to Chris Davenport from the Green Wave about their preparations for their upcoming game this weekend. So that's all on today's show. We'll have a little fun in the final segment, too, today and uh, start to preview some of the other shows that we've lined up for you later in the week. Uh, Don't forget, you can follow me on Twitter, at Sean Kelly Live, especially busy during games. And as uh, I get news that I'm uh, able to share with you about the two teams, and then, of course, you can follow the show, this show on Twitter, at Black Blue Report at Black Blue Report, and Producer Dan is the uh, driving force behind that. So stack it up for him, and you can also send your comments and questions about the show or a suggestion for a guest to Producer Dan uh, via that Twitter account. So the NFL weekend is also finally done here on this Tuesday morning. Well, we have Monday Night Football last night, Producer Dan, and what is a traditional rivalry uh, in the AFC West, uh, you know, hasn't been much of a rivalry for some time, and that's largely due in part to the fact that the Raiders have struggled. Um, but last night, boy, uh, Peyton Manning was awfully special. Denver, a winner over Oakland, 37-21. to And, of course, uh, Mike Tirico and John Gruden had the call last night for several Manning highlights.
0: Uh, first and ten here is down, Welker no
2: reroute whatsoever a great stick to the outside and he beat Charles Woodson bad to the post
0: and on play action at first down Manning with pressure coming throws and it's caught turning it upfield is Decker great cut by Decker what a terrific post catch run by Eric Decker and on third and fourth the two-side route is working.
2: To the end zone with Julius Thomas. Thomas is the hot receiver. He wins in one on one situation against Burnett. It's as good as it gets. Manning. Swap shot. Walker
0: to the 33 yard line. Broncos will go to 3 0. The tie franchise record with 14 consecutive regular season wins.
1: And as Mike Tirico mentioned, uh, the Broncos are now 3 0. Oakland falls to 1-2 and two on the season. Tough news for the Raiders. Uh, Terrell Pryor left the game in the second half with a concussion. We'll probably know more about that situation here in the next 24 to 48 hours. Uh, back to Manning for a moment, uh, largely due in part to the fact that he had seven touchdown passes in week one. He now uh, is pacing the field with regard to total touchdown passes through the first three weeks, 12 total. And Here was Peyton Manning after the game last night.
3: Well, I still think uh, we can correct some things and, uh, you know, our defense did a good job in, you know, holding their offense. But, uh, you know, when we have chances down the red zone, uh, you know, third and, you know, one, you know, to have to settle for a – to get stopped there and have to settle for a field goal in that one drive and then just had a couple of – you know, had the sack uh, fumble. Uh, you you're not looking to play, you know, the perfect game. But you're looking to take advantage of opportunities when they present themselves and I thought we left a couple – uh, maybe touchdowns out there uh, tonight. And uh, those are things we can fix because you're going to need those uh, in a game uh, at certain points of the season. But it's got to keep, you know, emphasizing, uh, protecting the ball, uh, eliminating some penalties. I thought early in the game, uh, I think we do a good job overcoming those penalties from time to time. But I just think there's still plenty we can improve on. I really do.
1: So that's a wrap, as they say, on the football weekend. Now that Monday Night Football is in the book, we've got a couple days before we start it all over again. On Thursday, All right, college football, our focus today, uh, primarily, and we'll get that started with Gino Toretta. We'll be at the other microphone here just in just a moment.
4: Say that to say this. The new album from Trombone Shorty. Trombone Shorty is back with 11 explosive tracks on his highly anticipated new release. Say that to say this. This album delivers funk r&b rock and soul that's sure to blow you away you? trombone shorty delivers an incredible remake of the meters classic be my lady with all music played by the
5: original funky meters What's up new Orleans? this is trombone shorty check out my new it's record say that to see this produced by raphael sadiq and me in stores now
6: what do you say to someone whose heart is on the line that at auctioner an entire team of experts will collaborate to develop the best treatment for you that we have procedures so revolutionary they aren't available anywhere else in the region, including breakthrough ways to more effectively manage heart failure and repair heart valves? That U.S. News & World Report ranks Auctioner Medical Center's heart program among the nation's very best? Or that with over 170 heart experts and seven hospitals to choose from, the exceptional cardiac care you need is always close to home? Actually, the most important thing to say is,
0: your results are back. Everything looks great.
6: Better outcomes. Just one more reason to choose Auctioner. To find a heart specialist near you, visit auctioner.org or call 1 866 Auctioner. That's O C H S N E R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind.
2: Hey, New Orleans Saints fans. Show your true colors and get in the action with the all-new Black and Gold Saints Scratch-Off from the Lottery. Win up to $100,000. Play all three seeds. You have to play to win. That's right. Enter your non-winning Black and Gold Saints tickets in our second-chance drawings for a chance to win autographed Saints merchandise or one of four Saints game day prize packages. Next entry deadline is September 3rd. Pick up your Black and Gold Saints Scratch-Off from the Lottery. Win up to $100,000. Must be at least 21 to purchase.
1: Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report on this Tuesday, a day that we uh, we like to focus in on college football a little bit. And with our next guest, we get a little bit of a dual threat. And I think that Gino Toretto would be happy to, for me to call him a dual threat. But we'll ask him about the LSU Tigers. He was a part of that action this past Saturday night in Baton Rouge. And also maybe perhaps get an opinion or two from the Heisman Trophy winner about the Miami Dolphins, whom the Saints will play On Monday Night Football, so the two-time national champion and uh, college football Hall of Famer Gino Toretta makes his black and blue report debut. Good to have you, sir. How are
7: you? Oh, good to be here.
1: Thank you, sir. Uh, Other than the rain, and I hope you stayed somewhat dry, uh, in your uh, calling of the game, LSU's win over Auburn, what'd what'd you take away from a Saturday night at Tiger Stadium?
8: You know, I, I think I was impressed. I think that, uh, you know, LSU kind of went under uh, the radar in the off season, where everybody was like, you know, they, there's no way they can replace 10 players. And, you know, you don't replace, you know, NFL players and first-round picks with guys that are NFL picks in first-rounders right at that time, but they may turn out to be those kind of guys. I think that uh, offensively, They, uh, you know, they can play with anybody. I I, I think that, uh, you know, Landry and and Beckham are two receivers. They expected big things from last year. And now it's just like they're they're those guys you watch, whether it's Saturday or Sunday, that are just hungry for the ball. They want it. And, uh, you know, and I think Mettenberger is a lot more comfortable offensively. I I think that, um, you know, that defensively on their defensive side, I mean, they're secondary. They put, I think it was t- since '07 they they've got 12 guys in the NFL drafted, and uh, there's going to be a lot more that's in that secondary because their guys come up and, uh, you know, they play well. I think, we, you know, Matthew and Peterson, obviously we got a chance to see them yesterday playing with the Cardinals, but uh, they, they, they got some wonderful secondary. I think the one thing that they have to show up is probably the defensive front side. You know, I thought Auburn was having some success running right up the middle on them on the, on the running game.
1: The numbers, Gino, because of who they've played, really, frankly, are, are kind of skewed and, and they're out of whack. Um, so while they kept putting great numbers about the Tigers up on the screen as the game was progressing, I, I just didn't want to really read into them a whole lot. I, I think I think the eyeball test, it seems, is most important with LSU right now and kind of a based on our piggybacking on some of the things that you just talked about, should they legitimately be in a conversation about not only an SEC championship but a BCS-type picture?
8: Oh, I don't think there's any question. I think that, you know, in in, in looking at the SEC West, I think it's probably, uh, you know, it could be the number two best conference in college football. That's how strong it is. And and, uh, LSU is one of those reasons. I think that offensively they can get it done. The one thing I, I, I thought in the game against Auburn, it seemed like they relied on the big play a little bit much as opposed to just kind of going out there and methodically driving down the field. Um, but I I definitely think so because I think that over the course of the season, all these young guys that are replacing players that are, you know, moved on in the NFL, they're going to get more experience and they're going to get better, and I think that, you know, you learn things about your team week in and week out, and they, uh, you know, they learned some things this week against Auburn that they probably hadn't seen, and they're going to learn, and and I'm sure Les Miles is going to correct those mistakes.
1: Gino Toretto with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Uh, Gino, uh, let's just call you overqualified to evaluate quarterbacks. So at the risk of being overqualified, I'm anxious to hear your take in particular about Zach Mettenberger. What do you see?
8: Well, I think he's been great this year. I mean, uh, you know, phenomenal stats. I think last year there were such high expectations that, uh, you know, LSU finally had their quarterback. He was a big, strong, I mean, he's got this size. You know he passes the, the eyeball test. You know with with an A plus, and and I, I think that last year he was pressing a little bit, and I think that Beckham and Landry were were young, and and when when the receivers might drop a ball at times, and then Zach would miss a throw, it would just you know it was just inconsistency on their offense. It, it doesn't seem that way now, and it seems like he's a lot you know more calm and uh you know in their running game their running game looked like you know it was ready to go I, offensively they are in a worry for the for the tigers that
1: seems fair enough uh let's change gears just for a moment take you up to the NFL and talk about uh this upcoming opponent for the New Orleans Saints so they'll see Miami on Monday Night Football and and here you go i mean uh ESPN's going to be loving this two three and 0 teams but uh, for me the question to you a, a guy who's kind of i guess Linked to the Dolphins in, in in geographically at this point from where you're based out of, why is why is Miami three and O? What what what's gotten them off to a good start?
8: Well, I think I think Tannehill, their young quarterback, he's in his second year. He's he's been better, and and I think that uh, you know the National Football League that uh, Stephen Ross, the owner of the Dolphins, has spent more money you know on a free agency in the past two or three years. I know at least in the past two than anybody in the league, and he's went after, and he's got Wallace, a a big target on the outside. You know, they seem to have some more weapons. uh, Defensively, they've gotten a little bit younger. Um, The question I I would think coming into this game is going to be, it's not whether, you know, the Dolphins' defense can stop the run. It's whether the Dolphins' defense can, can manage with Graham because they have gotten hurt. Week in and week out, and and over the years, it seems like every year, by a big athletic tight end, and uh you know, obviously, I think Graham qualifies. He's probably one of the best in the league.
1: How would you like to throw to a guy like that on a regular basis?
8: <laughs> I would love it, and I'm sure. I, I just from watching yesterday, Drew likes it too.
1: <laughs> Fantastic stuff, Gino. This is the. This was great to get you on our show this week. I hope that we can get back with you again at some point. Um, you know, I, I think that I don't know if folks are aware or not that you're helping to spread the gospel of college football around through a, a syndicated radio business. So, where where will your business and travels take you to over the next week or two?
8: Well, we got a lot of SEC, so we got uh, we got Alabama or we got uh, Florida and Kentucky next weekend, and I think we have Vanderbilt and Texas A and M uh, and and Alabama, Kentucky, I think we've Georgia and um, and Tennessee, so. We're we're SEC heavy since it's the best conference in the country.
1: Good move on your part, and uh, good stuff from you as always. Thanks for stopping by. All right, thanks. Gino Toretta, everybody, uh, right here on the Black and Blue Report. We'll continue this Tuesday edition after these messages.
2: Hey there, what you having?
9: This is Todd Graves, founder of Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. Sure, other fans are hungry for a win, but here in New Orleans, we make sure that you're well-fed, too. With tailgates of our fresh chicken fingers and jugs of lemonade and sweet tea. Loving the Saints is like the freshness of Cane's. All day, no quit. Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. The official chicken of your New Orleans Saints.
0: Bud Light presents NFL Fan Dilemmas. Should I put
6: these Bud Lights on your tab?
0: Jeff's supposed to get this round.
6: Whoa, interception!
0: But on my rounds, we play better. It's good luck when I buy Jeff's beers. But I don't want to buy Jeff's beers. He wouldn't even give me gum the other day.
9: What a shocking turn of events. Absolutely everything
2: going right. Yep, my tab. It's only weird if it doesn't work. Bud Light, for the NFL fans who do whatever it takes. Here we go. Enjoy responsibly Anheuser-Busch Bud Light Beer in St. Louis, Missouri.
1: Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report here on Tuesdays. We like to zero in on college football and, of course, our local teams. That, of course, includes the Tulane Green Wave and the LSU Tigers. And, well, frankly, this guy has seen both sides of that equation. We're really, really happy to have Chris Davenport, a graduate student at Tulane University, a lineman in the trenches, join us here on today's program. And it's an interesting story, isn't it, Chris? I don't think there are many guys like that, like you that have not only played for two different universities, but two different universities in your own home state. It's pretty remarkable.
10: Yes, yes sir, it is. Yes, sir, it is. It's a great feeling uh, to be able to um, play both here at Tulane and at LSU and uh, receive uh, two degrees from both um, institutions. Uh, it's a great its a great thing to stay here in Louisiana and uh, just represent for my home state.
1: Before we get to kind of what things are going on with Tulane, I, you know, you mentioned you already have one degree from LSU. You're going to have a a graduate degree from a, a f- fantastic institution like Tulane is—is um, is the NFL on your mind, Chris, or do you have your eyes set on something much different than that?
10: Um, yes, sir. The NFL is in my mind. Um, just, uh, just trying to have uh, different, uh, have backup plans, you know, because different things might happen. In Injury—you never know when it's going to be my last play. So you might as well uh, make the most of the situation that I'm in and uh, just get my degrees and have those as backup plans uh just in case something happens to where my career don't last long in the NFL.
1: Chris, what was the reaction? Um and you may have I know you've probably talked about this ad nauseum, but what was the reaction of those who are closest to you when you made the decision to not only to leave L S U but to go down to Tulane University? What was what was their take?
10: Um everybody was actually um happy, you know, it was like, you know, this gives you a great opportunity to step into a leadership role that you've been uh Looking for for the last three or four years of your career and uh, help a, um, help a program help turn around a program that's on the up come and uh, you know it was it was a great opportunity and I took full advantage of it.
1: You are a part of a turnaround here with uh, with Coach C J. We're a, we're big fans of Tulane over here, Chris. And um, you know one of the parts of, of growth is is sometimes it's good and sometimes it hurts a little bit and it seems like at least this season you guys have um, seen uh, a little bit of a seesaw. You know, the, the thrill of getting that road win for Coach up at La Tech, but then to have the game like you did against Syracuse this last weekend, is it hard to kind of find a middle ground or regulate the highs and the lows? Um, yes, yeah,
10: sir, it is. It is hard trying to find that, that, that steady point in, it, you know, because you, you get a great victory up at uh, Louisiana Tech, first conference win, you know, we off to a great start, you know, and everything. And then to go up to Syracuse and take a loss uh, like we did is kind of, it's kind of devastating, you know. It kind of makes you go back to the drawing board and rethink some things and see what uh, see what we could do better as a uh, defense and as a team, you know, to to uh, stay at that uh, at that growing pace every week. And uh, I think I think this week um during practice, that's what we are uh, looking for. is just really trying to get that, get the consistency and find it, and, and stay at that level, and continue to build from
1: that. You talk about the drawing board. You talk about rethinking things, and and maybe more so on your side of the ball. Uh, Chris mm-hmm. Davenport from Tulane joining us. Can you get specific a little bit? What are some of the things that you see, or that 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 your coaching staff is seeing that needs to be shored up? Things that maybe were there, but they're not. You know where I'm going with this? Um, yeah,
10: we just we just um, the the most important thing is. The defense. We have to start fast. If we start fast, you know, and come out and, and get a couple, get a three, couple three in our series, and you know, keep playing physical and, and get a couple takeaways, everything will be just fine. You know, as far as the defensive side of the ball, um, offensively still working um, on chemistry with the O line and building that building that team chemistry and with the quarterback and everything. But you know, everything everything is coming together well. Uh, this week, today's practice went well. Um, we've a high intensity on the defensive end. Uh, the offense was going through protection, being great protectors and for the quarterback and, you know, running backs doing their thing, running hard and physical. And so we just, we just really just stick, focusing on getting better as a whole. You know, we working on special teams a lot, you know, uh, just really focusing on protecting uh, the ball and making wise decisions in the uh, return game.
1: Chris, I'm pretty good at my Louisiana geography. I'm not an expert by any means, but uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't Mansfield, your hometown, up near Monroe where you're playing this weekend?
10: Yes, it is. Um, it's about an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes from uh, Monroe.
1: So what will it be like to kind of head back to your old stomping grounds, kind of sort of, and play a football game this weekend?
10: Um, it's, it's it's another great opportunity to uh, to go back home and play in front of a home crowd, you know, uh a lot of my uh, high school coaches, family, and friends, they're going to be there supporting me. Um, it's just a great opportunity to go get another victory and have um, have fans, uh, supportive fans of me and Tulane.
1: Back when I was calling the uh, games on radio for Tulane, I remember going up to Monroe. It seemed like it took forever to get there. Monroe was was down at the time. Tulane was up. It was kind of a blowout. Man, how, how have times changed? Here's a Monroe team that... I know they took kind of a beat down there at Baylor, but this is a program that's a handful for anybody. And I got to say that this ought to be a pretty good football game on Saturday.
10: Yes, it's going to be a very great game. You got two quality opponents going to face each other, uh, you know, both searching for a win. You know, uh, Monroe looking for that first victory, and, and we're looking for another victory towards just having a great season. And, uh, you know, it's going to it's it's come down to who wants it the most. You know what team? What team wants it the most? And that's, that's just going to be a, like a heavyweight fight. You know, you know, it's um, punch counter punch. You know, and whoever whoever can last the longest, that's who's going to come out victorious.
1: All right. On a lighter note, before I let you go, uh, you know Curtis Johnson, was a former Saints assistant, so we know him well in this building. Who, mm-hmm. who on your team, Chris, does the best Curtis Johnson impression right now?
10: Uh, the best Curtis Johnson uh, <laughs> impression is uh Carlos Wilson. He gives a great uh, impression of Coach C. Day.
1: So, so if I run into him, that's the guy, right? I need to go see him?
10: Yes, sir. Carlos Wilson is the guy you need to see.
1: All right, we'll check it out. Hey, Chris, good luck this weekend. Thanks for checking in with us.
10: All right, thank you for having me.
1: Chris Davenport, defensive tackle for the Tulane Green Wave. They're at Monroe this weekend, Saturday night. We'll be back with more on the
6: Black and Blue Report think. What makes auctioner Primary Care such a great choice? Is it because we have 38 health centers throughout the region, some with evening and weekend hours available? Or because we accept close to 50 different insurance plans? Could it be because we offer My Auctioner, which gives you and your family secure online access to your health records, test results, prescription renewals, even emails with your doctor? or that you'll be connected to seven hospitals with 2,500 affiliated physicians who can handle everything from the common to the complex so you'll never have to wonder if you made the right choice actually what you may like the most is yes we have a location near you expertise and convenience great reasons to choose an auctioner primary care physician to find one near you Visit auctioner.org or call 1 866 That's O C H S N E R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind.
5: The offseason for your New Orleans Pelicans has been exciting with All-Star Drew Holiday and former Rookie of the Year Tyreek Evans being added to a lineup headlined by Anthony Davis and Ryan Anderson. Now, with the release of half-season and 12-game plans at varying price levels, there truly is a ticket plan for every fan. Packages start as low as $13 per game and feature the best seat locations to see All-Star opponents, including the world champion Miami Heat. Visit pelicans.com or call 525-HOOP to get your seats today.
9: This is Todd Graves, founder of Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. Being the official chicken of the New Orleans Saints, we're more than just fans of the Saints. We're fans of Saints fans. So on game day, we make sure they're reloaded with tailgates of our fresh chicken fingers and jugs of lemonade and sweet tea. The best chicken fingers around? We got this. Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. The official chicken of your New Orleans Saints.
1: Our show continues on this Tuesday, this College Football Tuesday, and we check in with the LSU Tigers, and specifically we head right up the river to the LSU coaching staff, right to the staff, and Steve Crackthorpe joins us. He's a man that's been all over the football country. Um, I, I knew him back when he was at Tulsa, but time at Louisville as well, and, and a coordinating position with the Tigers too. Uh, Steve, first of all, thanks for joining us. I know that you guys are, are very busy. It's a game week and all that, but I'm anxious to get your thoughts on on how things have started so far for LSU.
7: Well, first of all, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. But uh, it's been a good start so far. Obviously, we're 4-0, and that's where you want to be at this point in time with a big road game going into Georgia this week. But uh, I think we've made uh, significant progress on both sides of the ball. You know, we lost some really good players from last year's team. Uh, but the, the thing that's been really impressive, a lot of our young guys have really stepped up into new roles and they have done a really nice job for us. So it's it's an exciting time.
1: Steve, if I can be borderline cynical here, how, how is it, or how hard is it for a coaching staff to evaluate the progress you're speaking of when the caliber of opponents you guys have had, have had so far varies so much? And I think you know what I'm talking about.
7: Well, you're definitely right. Uh, I think that's the biggest difference between college and the National Football League. You know, I spent two years in Buffalo, and the thing I found real quickly is in every one of those 16 regular season games you play, there's not a bad football team. You know, there's... Uh, we used to say, you know, the difference between 6 and 10 and 10 and 6 is minuscule. So you do play some teams that maybe aren't quite as good as as the teams you're going to face over the course of the rest of your schedule, particularly playing in the SEC as tough as it is. But by the same token, you know, we're we're a team that has got to grow, got to continue to, to develop, and uh, when you do that, you got to go play on the field. You know, you, you can practice and practice and practice, but once you get on the lights, under the lights, on the grass with uh, – with fans in the seats it's a whole different deal so i think again we've made progress but certainly have a lot of progress left to make
1: i know you uh more than anything else is an offensive mind so let's zero in on that side of the ball a little bit it appears that zach mettenberger has matured some seems more comfortable and that you seem to balance that with a decent running attack right now what is what in your eyes is the is the real dynamic at play here for lsu's offense
7: Well, I think a couple of things. Zach, does feel comfortable. I think, uh, you know, having started for one year and playing 13 games last year certainly helped him. He really played, I thought, pretty good football in the last four or five games of the year, starting with the Alabama game here last year and kind of came of age in that game. And, you know, what happens for a quarterback is there's a point in time and you never know when it's going to be that the game kind of slows down for you. And I think that happened about midway or toward the latter part of last season.
1: Steve, it's one thing for collective wisdom of a coaching staff to, to take a young player like Zach, Met, Met, uh, Zach Mettenberger and, and coach him up on the football field, but you know he'll face a situation that I think is going to get overblown, uh, certainly with his return to Georgia this weekend. With, with your all's collective wisdom and, and all your stops along the way, how best can you help a young man like that prepare for what some may perceive as a distraction this weekend going back to Georgia?
7: Well, certainly it's different because obviously he's got friends on that team. His mom still works in the football office there, so it's definitely a different situation for a young player in particular. I, you know, I had the opportunity to coach Drew Bledsoe when I was in Buffalo, and he had to go back into New England and play the next year after he was released there, or we traded for him there at at Buffalo. But this will be a different situation for Zach. But I think he's in a great frame of mind right now. I think he's again playing with a lot of confidence, like you talked about earlier, Sean. And I think it's one of those deals where you just got to go, hey. I'm going to go play and have fun, let it rip, and see what happens.
1: Steve, I know a lot of coaches try to break up the schedule into, into little pods or segments. Does Les Miles do the same? Does he view? Does he take blocks of games, or is it a one-game-at-a-time situation for the Tigers right now?
7: You know, it's definitely with Les a one-game-at-a-time situation. He does a great job, I think, with our football team of not letting them look ahead. You know, even when we're playing some some non-conference opponents early in the season, uh, he's, uh, he's a guy, I think, that, He calls it the process, and he sticks to that process every week. It's really impressive, and I think Les has a way of doing things. It's kind of etched in stone. Um, He's flexible, but by the same token, he knows what it takes to get a football team prepared, and obviously the success he's had at LSU is validating that.
1: Steve, this was definitely a treat. I can't thank you enough for joining us today.
7: Hey, my pleasure. Anytime. You
1: got it. Steve Cragthorpe with us on the Black and Blue Report today. He and the Tigers are getting ready for a big game, say the least, against the Georgia Bulldogs this weekend. We're back after these messages with a little bit more on this today's edition of the Black and Blue Report.
0: Bud Light presents NFL Fan Dilemmas.
6: Should I put these Bud Lights on your tab?
0: Just supposed to get this round.
2: Whoa, interception!
0: But on my rounds, we play better. It's good luck when I buy Jeff's beers. But I don't want to buy Jeff's beers. He wouldn't even give me gum the other
2: day.
9: What a shocking turn of events. Absolutely everything going right.
2: Yep, my tab. It's only weird if it doesn't work. Bud Light, for the NFL fans who do whatever it takes. Here we go. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Bud Light Beer in St. Louis, Missouri.
4: Say that to say this—the new album from Trombone Shorty. Trombone Shorty is back with 11 explosive tracks on his highly anticipated new release. Say that to say this: this album delivers funk, R&B, rock, and soul that's sure to blow you away. Trombone Shorty delivers an incredible remake of the Meters classic, Be My Lady, with all music played by the original funky
5: Meters. What's up, New Orleans? This is Trombone Shorty. Check out my new record, Say That to Say This, produced by Raphael Sadiq and me in stores now. Don't want to miss out on any of the action? Get connected with your New Orleans Pelicans 24-7, 365. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for exclusive prizes and giveaways. Plus... Get text messages with all the latest breaking news right on your phone with Pelicans mobile alerts. Visit pelicans.com for information on these great features, plus sign up for Pelicans Insider with weekly updates from the Pelicans. Join the conversation today. Hey, New Orleans Saints fans, show your true
2: colors and get in the action with the all-new Black and Gold Saints Scratch-Off from the Lottery. Win up to $100,000. Play all three seeds.
5: You have to play to win.
2: That's right. Enter your non-winning Black and Gold Saints tickets in our second-chance drawings for a chance to win autographed Saints merchandise or one of four Saints game day prize packages. Next entry deadline is September 3rd. Pick up your Black and Gold Saints Scratch-Off from the Lottery. Win up to $100,000. Must be at least twenty-one to purchase.
0: Thanks to the internet, anyone can get a show these days.
1: Good show today. Really enjoyed our guests. And, uh, of course, a big thank you to you for um, for being a participant in our program by listening. And a lot of you have been doing this almost day in, day out. No appointment radio is what we're calling it. It seems to work for a lot of our fans. And so um, this is fantastic, whether you're getting us on the treadmill or on your way home, you know, plugging your mobile device into the car. Um, that's what that's what a, a lot of my friends have been doing here lately. They, they love that aux jack. They can... You can pick whatever you want to listen to now. So uh, I've kind of embraced this whole thing. For a guy that's worked live radio his whole career, this no-appointment radio thing has been fantastic. We Again, we thank you very, very much for supporting it. Some two months in now, and uh, we're going to keep it going for you. As a matter of fact, we're going to keep it going with some pretty good guests uh, later on this week. Keep this in mind for shows as we go throughout this week. Uh, Joel Myers will be joining us. Voice of the Saints, Jim Henderson, scheduled to be on the program. Jim Corbett from USA Today. Deuce McAllister is scheduled to be with us tomorrow, and that's just a sampling of some of what we've got for you for the remainder of the week here on the Black and Blue Report. Uh, before we go, speaking of radio, um, and and I love the craft, and and we should all have fun with it at times, and and uh, and take joy in moments like you're about to hear. <laughs> this is from the uh, Cincinnati Bengals game this past weekend, and uh, it's a lot of fun because. We get the, uh, the pleasure now of having a lot of former players move into broadcasting and uh, share their passion and their knowledge about the game um, on broadcast. And uh, as you'll hear uh, in this clip, uh, for a lot of the guys that move into the broadcast booth, at times they still think they're on the field or on the sidelines, and it comes through in, well, glorious fashion. And for me, listening to the play-by-play guy, Uh, keep a steady tone during this uh this highlight moment for the Bengals is uh well it's it's a a little bit of a a giggle for me rogers has it gives to franklin he dies i don't think he got it i don't think he got it the ball is out the Bengals have scooped it up terrence newman running back to
4: the 30 20 10 5
3: Takes it back,
1: nearly 70 yards. Franklin
3: dove, trying to pick up the yard on fourth and one. The ball squirted out. Newman comes up with it, takes it back. And for the time being, the scoreboard shows 33-30 Cincinnati.
1: So anyway, that's something we get from the local announcers that, you know, I certainly am a big fan of. Uh, for obvious reasons. That'll do it for today's show. Thanks to Producer Dan for all his help today, and thanks to our great guests. We'll see you tomorrow right back here shortly after noon central tomorrow uh, up on your mobile device or on your desktop at either pelicans.com or neworleanssaints.com Tomorrow also, real quick, I'll, I'll have some more information for you all. I know that some folks have been asking about the Pelicans preseason game over on the Gulf Coast. Uh, again, that's going to be a special Sunday afternoon game for the Pels. Uh, mid-October at the Gulf Coast Coliseum. We'll talk more about that tomorrow, certainly, as uh, we're going to ramp up our Pelicans coverage there. And uh, that'll do it for us today. Be safe. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. For all involved, I'm Sean Kelly. So long for just a while.
0: Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 1 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.